Good morning, Bridge family. I am excited and delighted that we get the opportunity to gather like this around the goodness of God. If you're just now joining in, I'm Pastor Dennis, and I'm, I'm so glad that you are joining. I have a big announcement. So if I could get some dramatic music here for this big announcement that we have been waiting for, that we've been praying for, that we have been researching for. Okay, here it is. We're back, y'all. We're gonna be back next Sunday, July 5th. We're gonna be back to in-person, <laughs> thank you for that dramatic music, in-person worship together. Now, this is what I need you to do. I need you to keep a lookout for details. There's gonna be an RSVP required along with other things, but mark your calendars Sunday, July 5th, which is the July 4th weekend. Sunday, July 5th, we will be back in person. Okay, so with that said, y'all, let's get started. Let's get into what God has for us today. We're gonna to be reading from Psalm 91 and from Matthew 24. I like to read from the ESV, the English Standard Version. It reads, He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will abide in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say to the Lord, My refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. For he will deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the deadly pestilence. He will cover you with his pinions and under his wings you will find refuge. His faithfulness is a shield and buckler. You will not, somebody should just say not, not fear the terror of the night, nor the arrow that flies by day, nor the pestilence that stalks in darkness nor the destruction that wastes at noonday. A thousand may fall at your side, 10,000 at your right hand, but it will not come near you. You will only look with your eyes and see the recompense of the wicked. Because you have made the Lord your dwelling place. Somebody say dwelling place. Because you have made the Lord your dwelling place, the Most High, who is my refuge, no evil shall be allowed to befall you. No plague come near your tent. For he will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways. On their hands they will bear you up, lest you strike your foot against a stone. You will tread on the lion and the adder, the young lion and the serpent you will trample underfoot. Because he holds fast to me in love, check it out, I will deliver him. I will protect him because he knows my name. When he calls to me, I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will rescue him and honor him with long life. I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. Whenever I get an opportunity to teach Psalm 91, I love to teach it right alongside Matthew 24. And we're going to read a portion of that, verses 3 through 14, right now. As he, Jesus, sat on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately saying, Tell us, when will these things be? 
And what will be the sign of your coming and of the end of the age? And Jesus answered them, See that no one leads you astray. For many will come in my name saying, I am the Christ, and they will lead many astray. And you will hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you are not, see that you are not alarmed for this must take place, but the end is not yet. For nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. And there will be famines and earthquakes in various places. All these are but the beginning of the birth pains. Then they will deliver you up to tribulation and put you to death and you will be hated by all nations for my name's sake. And then many will fall away. We referenced a little bit of this about what two weeks ago in Hebrews 6. And betray one another and hate one another. And many false prophets will arise and lead many astray. And because lawlessness will be increased, the love of many will grow cold. But the one who endures to the end will be saved. And this gospel of the kingdom will be proclaimed throughout the whole world as a testimony to all nations. And then the end will come. And then the end will come. Did you catch that? And this gospel of the kingdom will be proclaimed throughout the whole world as a testimony to all nations. Let's think about this for a little, a little second here. Now, if the gospel hasn't been preached yet to every nation or ethnic group, then we have to be really close to it. If it hasn't been completely done yet, then, then we've got to be super, super, super close. I remember over 25 years ago, estimates that the gospel would be in every language published in some form or fashion by guess when now by 2020 this is this is so exciting to get to be a part of God's move in the earth so I wanted to offer to us this this time this time in our in our this time in our word together that as the darkness gets darker God's glory will shine brighter. Do not fear. Do not fear. My title today, as we close out our series, we could all use a lift. It's dwelling place. It's dwelling place, dwelling place, dwelling place, dwelling place. How do I make sure that with all that the Bible says is going to happen in the end times that I'm not fear-ridden? How do I make sure that I'm not uh, overcome in intimidation? How do I make sure that I'm um, being the salt and being the light? The Lord has given us dwelling place, dwelling place, dwelling place out of Psalm 91. He is our dwelling place. In the chat room, you know what to do if you haven't done it already. If you're sitting beside somebody, say, listen up. He's talking to us about how to make it and how to thrive when the times look darker and scarier and as things get worse, he's telling us how to be the light of Christ, how to be the salt, how to be the light, how to not be run or ruled by fear. 
that God has given us a dwelling place. I put it in my notes like this. Yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. In times like these, you better know how to dwell. You better know how to dwell. In the dark times ahead that the scripture speaks about that we just read a little taste of in Matthew 24. We better know how to dwell. Now, when you hear the word dwell, it might be a negative connotation, right? It, 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 if you've heard somebody say, uh, why do you, why do we, why do they keep dwelling on that, right? Have you ever heard that before? Usually the person saying that is someone who is ready to move on from a topic of uh, conversation for various reasons. Or you might be, when you think of the word dwell, you might be referencing a movie where aliens come from outer space and refer to humans as earth dwellers. I don't know. But in the scripture, and especially Psalm 91, it's a good thing to dwell. It's good to dwell, to sit, to rest, to camp out in the Lord. And you saw from Psalm 91, it has all these benefits and promises attached to it. I don't know about you, but when I'm going through scary times, I need promises of God to cling to. That's what I'm looking for. So, Y'all, I just want to call them out real quick. I, I want to call them out, and then I want you to repeat them after me. Maybe, maybe Psalm 91 is, is, is new to you. I want you to taste the words with me. So I, I'm going to call it out, then I want you to say it right after me to just get us a little bit more familiar with it. The first one of the eight promises in Psalm 91 that we see is, I will rescue him. So just say that. I will rescue him. What does that mean? That means I will deliver the one who is abiding. I will cause them to escape. I remember Paul and Silas dwelling with God in a prison. They were dwelling, they were praising God, and then an earthquake seemingly came out of nowhere to free them from their chains, that they were able to share the gospel of Jesus Christ freely and be able to walk out of that place. Oh my goodness. Number two, I will protect him. Say that with me. Yeah, what does that mean? The sense is I will set him on a high place. I will set him on a high place. Uh, I, I joke about it this way. I put the cookies on a high shelf to protect the cookies from my son Langston. So Langston can't reach them. That's what God does. We're cookies to God. We're treasures and treats. And when we dwell with him, he says, I'm going to put you in a high place where something that is after you cannot get you. Number three, I will answer him. Yeah, what does that mean? I will respond to, I will speak. There are some pending matters right now, and I want to encourage you that as you press into God, as you dwell in the presence of God, you are going to hear God's answer on a matter. Oh, that's a specific encouragement. And number four, I will be with him in trouble. Say that. I will be with him in trouble. What is that? In afflictions, in distress. We're living this right now. We're dwelling in God's presence right now. And we are seeing that God is with us. He is sustaining us through all of this. Number, uh, let's see, five, I will deliver him. What does that mean? Rescue, to bring into safety. I was praying through this message and I was, I was remembering and thanking God for when he did this with Vinny. If you don't know Vinny's story, you should reach out to Vinny and get that story about how Vinny came up and learned that he had a brain tumor. And what did God do? God provided and made a way of escape and brought Vinny into safety, removed the brain tumor. And Vinny was up in a matter of days praising God, still continuing to dwell. 
Oh my goodness, God says, I've got promises for those who hide themselves in me. And then number six, I will honor him. I will honor him. Yeah, thanks for repeating that at home. Let these words get in your mouth and eventually they're gonna get into your heart. And then when fear comes knocking at your door, you say, I'm not answering that. I'm not answering that. I'm dwelling in the most in the high in the most high place of God. I will honor him. What does that mean? To make rich, to make strong, heavy with honor in every way that we can think of. I'm thinking right now of how one of our bridge people has made the biggest sale on a product in his company's history in the midst of COVID-19. He's a dweller. God says, I've got promises for those who keep their eyes on me, who continue to say, I'm not going to let anything move me from who God is. Number seven, I will satisfy him with long life. Oh my goodness, as a church, how many times have we called on this, this promise and seen God come through? It means to have an abundance in the journey. Oh my goodness, Jeff, if you're watching, if you're watching this right now, I'm thinking about how God answered your prayer and through our church and others praying and you beat coronavirus. You were not gonna get taken out in your 60s. God's got long life for you. Oh my goodness. And then number eight, I will show him my salvation. I will show him my salvation. Yeah, got to let these words get in there. God is going to, to the dweller, God is going to and already has. He wants us to see the deliverance of God, to see the victory of God. I, I'm, re I'm remembering when the bridge almost got shut down back in the day due to lack of finances and our building by God's grace our rent got cut by almost 50 percent for a season of time that gave us just enough room and margin where we could make it we saw the Lord's victory now if you want to have a really great time of devotion have a great time of thanksgiving to God do what I just did in your own life and recall the faithfulness of God the promises of God in your friends your families your co-worker Okay, now, notice this is basically an if-then relationship. This text is if-then. It says you dwell, then God's going to do his part. Our part is to dwell. What do I do? Dwell. What is God's part? To do the God stuff. <laughs> to do the stuff that only God can do. Jewish tradition gives us that this song, this psalm, was written by Moses. It's a song of protection. And that King David basically playlisted this song to add it to the Psalms. Isn't that cool? Playlist is not new, y'all. David was like, I'm going to take Moses' song and I'm going to add it in my collection of songs that I have written uh, to God. So when you play, when you read, when you meditate, when you study Psalm 91, all of the promises of God's protection and safety are supposed to draw us closer to God in confidence and real-time faith. In real-time faith, not fear. Not fear. 2 Timothy 1.7 says, For God gave us a spirit, not of fear, but of power and love and self-control. As we dwell, reside, abide, we are blessed. God gets blessed and the enemy gets demoralized. That sounds like a good idea to me. Let me just say that back in case you didn't catch it. As we dwell, reside, abide, we're blessed. God gets blessed and the enemy gets demoralized. Fear gets demoralized. 
Okay, so for those of you who don't know, uh, I live near the good old foothills, the foothills, which means there's a lot of wildlife in those foothills, which means I get bear visits when they come out of hibernation. <laughs> it's crazy, y'all. So yeah, last week, there, there have been uh, two bears either beside my house, on the fence, or literally hanging out in the tree above our house. I know, it's, it's crazy. It's crazy. Well, the bear showed up again, and my little ones were freaked out. Um, as an, it's understandable, but I, I wasn't bothered by it. I mean, I was literally just singing my heart out to God, getting my chores done. Then, legend, my three-year-old, in an effort to help her daddy, she said, Daddy, be quiet or the bear will hear you. I said to her, um, it's okay. It's okay that the bear hears me. I'm in the house. I'm in the house. I'm protected. I'm praising God. That bear is not going to bother me. And, and, and I'm not going to let that bear stop me from praising God. I'm trying to instill that in them even, even now at this young age to help them understand. We're not going to let anything distract us from praising God. I was in the house, y'all. This is what Psalm 91 is reminding us of, that when we're in the house of God, the habitation of God, the presence of God, the reality of God. He said, basically like MC Hammer, you, you can't touch this. From back in the day, some of y'all, 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 some of y'all don't know, y'all, some of y'all too young. Anyway. Anyway, when we dwell, when we sit, when we inhabit, oh, we're doing that in the isness of God, which we introduced in this series. The isness of God. What does that mean? That's who is God, who God is. The psalmist told us how to dwell or abide in the isness of God. He did? Yeah, Psalm 91 told us how. Just in one verse, he tells us where to abide. He tells us how to praise God. He told us in those names. He told us in those names. Look at verse 1 and 2 again. Did you notice those four different big names God gives us to not just know them so that we can say some fancy names in a different language, but so that we can know God intimately, so that we know how to engage the presence of God and pray into those names, so that we can release power in those names. It's not about a head knowledge, but it's about something that is experiential. God just gives us those names because he's inviting us into an intimate relationship with him intimate relationship just real quick y'all psalm 91 and 1 says he who dwells in the shelter of the say it with me most high will abide in the shadow of the what almighty number two i will say to the lord number three my refuge and my fortress my god number four in whom i trust do you see those he's saying when you dwell in my character dwell in who i am all those benefits i'm taking care of that stuff most High or Elyon refers to God's majesty, God's sovereignty, God's preeminence. It's like when we read in Psalm 57 too, I cry out to God Most High, to God who fulfills his purpose for me. Some of you might be thinking of, oh, that's why we sing that chorus to that song. Our God is greater, our God is stronger. God, you are higher than any other. We're speaking to the character of God as being Elyon. God, most high, when people or powers or fear seek to intimidate you, you know what you got to do. We call on the most high God. 
It's like when you're talking to somebody, you say, can I speak? Who's above you? If you don't have authority to handle this, let me speak to the one who's got the authority to get this thing done. I'm appealing to the most high, El Yon, El Yon. God, no one is higher than him. No one is stronger than him. So what do we do? We tell fear to go back to hell and we keep moving forward knowing that Elyon, God most high, he's the one who has the final say. Number two, almighty or Shaddai. This deals with God's ability and willingness to always provide us with nourishment, with sustenance. This is the one who is so almighty in power and how he can bring resources to us that he makes mountains tremble and he causes the sea to part. He makes the wind behave. This mighty, all-powerful God is beyond our imagination and just beyond our comprehension. And then number three, we saw Lord there or Yahweh. If you've been around the bridge, we, we took a part of the year um, to just review the bigger names of God so that we could introduce us into greater intimacy with God. And this is the one we camped out on. We took some time. This is the personal name of God, Yahweh. We get this name in Exodus 6, 2 at that burning bush moment. Our God is relational. He is relational. We talked about how God shows himself and invites himself over 6,000 times in the Old Testament and invited people to know him this way. Our God is close. Our God is intimate. He's wired us for intimacy with him. And as we lean into that fear, what fear? Oh, oh exactly. Then, just real quick, y'all, God. This is that one in the Hebrew that says Elohim. Elohim, creator God, supreme one, mighty one. This is the one that we pray to. We say, God, oh my God, I don't know how this is going to work, but God, in your creativity, Lord, please supply. You're the one who makes everything. Nobody's able to do anything or redesign anything without first using what you have created. So Lord, this person needs a new kidney. God, this person needs eyesight restored. God, you are the one, creative God that you are, who created us and you yourself are uncreated. God invites us to know him like that and to know him that way intimately. I formed you, I know you, I knit you together in your mother's womb, God. What we magnify gets bigger to us. And in the case of this truth, it gets bigger in us, in our mind, will, emotions, and physical reality. Psalm 34 and 3 said, Oh, magnify the Lord with me. And let us do what? Exalt his name together. You magnify those names right there. Those four names. Oh, what do I do with this message I've just heard? There's so much that we could do with it. But if anything, magnify those names. Lean into them. Studying, study them some more. Look at all the instances where those names are mentioned and get the stories attached to when those names are used and see the victory of God in each one of those different circumstances. Look at those names. If, you, if, if, you, if you're not digging into those names, if you aren't teaching your family those names, if you aren't praying into those names, if you aren't coming up with artwork for those names, if you aren't naming your companies and projects those names, if you aren't designing clothing in those names, if you aren't praising God with those names, if you aren't releasing God's power through his name, if you, if you, you see what I'm saying? Well, then what are you doing? 
what are you doing? Remember this, our walk with God is a series of DIY projects. Do it yourself. Obviously God supplies us with what we need, but you guys get the thought. It's a series of DIY projects. There are four names that we can dwell on and we have to figure out what to do with those names to dwell effectively and not live in fear. What if I told you fear was a choice? And the solution was to dwell with God. We have to figure out what to do with God, his names, his character. It's got to be so personal to us, to cause us, to embolden us, to continue to remain missional, to continue to remain a people who are excelling in love, to continue to be a people who will shine the light of Christ. If you can't see God as clearly as what you'd like, I know I don't see God as clear, clearly as what I like. You know what I have to do. I have to give myself more to God, to the study, to the prayer, to the worship, talking with other believers. I've got to say, God, I know you like this, but I wanna know you richer. I wanna know you better. I wanna have the best relationship with you that I possibly can. Not just so that I can beat fear, but beat the fear, but so that I can just know you because you're awesome. So I don't know what God is putting in your heart. There are so many next steps that we could take. I just encourage you to take them. Just take them. Go on that journey with God. Allow God to be your dwelling place, not a secondary thought. The good thing is we get to do it all together and encourage one another. Oh, we could, we could even be cheesy about it, y'all. We could say, how you dwelling? How you dwelling? This is how I'm dwelling. How are you dwelling? Whatever God is putting in your heart is your next steps. Your DIY project, what area you need to lean into, do it, do it. Before we close out, I want us to just thank God for the offering. I wanna thank God for the offering. I wanna thank you for continuing to be a generous church. And especially during the summer, because you guys know how summers can be sometimes. So I, I just want to thank God for the offering. And the next voice you'll hear will be uh, Pastor Matty. He's going to give you more instructions on how to give. So let's just pray together. Our Father and our God, we thank you for the gifts, talents, abilities, skill, know-how, opportunities, favor that you give to us so that we can do good work that honors you and that helps humanity. We thank you that you're the one that provides all that for us and the ability to, to get wealth and to be able to share. So Lord, we ask your blessing on the gift and the givers in Jesus' name we pray, amen.